Hey everybody, I wanted to tell you about Anchor. It's what I'm using to make this podcast. I use it not only because it's free, but because it's easy. I can record and broadcast anything and everything right from my phone, or I can use a computer. It allows me to edit things, and it has everything I need just in one place. And not only that, you can make money from your podcasts. But what you have to do is you've got to go download the free Anchor app. Go to anchor.fm just to get started. And then send me a link. I want to hear your podcast. Hey, this is Sam with West Virginia Overtime. And since our last uh, high school topic kind of went really well and a lot of you had some feedback I thought hey I'll do another short quick one Uh, we've kind of entitled this one kind of parent horror stories some of you know that I became a middle school girls basketball coach at the age of 19 and um, really not so much struggled with the team-wise or our team record or winning or anything like that, but I had to figure out kind of what to do. Luckily, I had a great mentor that helped me through that and and really taught me step-by-step what to do, how to do it, uh, how to act. I had wanted uh, to be a coach since the age of about 12 or 13 and had been reading books and working towards that and like I said I had a mentor and that really helped me through that so some of us aren't quite that lucky and uh, some of us decide we want to be a coach after college or during college some of us decide we want to be a coach um, just because our, our kids are playing that particular sport we may or may not know anything about that sport uh, some of us have like I said wanted to be coaches since since we were young I decided that I wanted to be a coach because um, I absolutely loved basketball and you're going to hear me talk a lot about basketball but I had a basketball coach whose dream was to be a football coach. It was not to be a girls basketball coach. And he struggled so much coaching us in middle school that it wasn't even funny. I had had great uh, two excellent middle school or uh, midget league coaches and so to get him I was like whoa what's going on here and so he didn't have to deal with so much parent horror stories as player horror stories but he's the one that made me want to be a coach because I said I don't want another group of kids to have to go through that I, I want to be a coach that people trust that people know what they're doing when it comes to basketball know what they're doing when it comes to kids but you would be surprised at how many horror stories I hear about parents when I get together with some of my coaching friends or now that I'm with 
West Virginia overtime and I'm streaming games or I'm going to games and I'm looking at stats and and getting pictures and stuff that I hear from coaches and they just don't know how to handle them. A lot of coaches nowadays ignore them or if they can't ignore them, they kind of give a halfway answer to these parents and then wonder why things blow up. Because parents are, are wanting some kind of answer that makes sense in their head. They want to be able to talk it through. And when you don't give them that as a coach, then they feel like they need to escalate that and go to the athletic director, or go to the principal, or go to the board. And... It really doesn't have to be that way. So this podcast is not only for coaches. It's for parents. It's even a little bit for players. Because, you know, I hear these horror stories like um, the middle school coach who's sick to death of his best players, father, being up in the stands and yelling instructions from the top of the bleachers. But yet, that father doesn't really get what he's yelling. Um, I go to games and and see so many fathers or so many mothers uh, yelling, shoot it, shoot it, shoot it. And, you know, the kid shouldn't be shooting it. You know, maybe they're too far out or maybe it's not the right place in the offense or or they're covered. And so I'm thinking, why are these parents yelling this? And it's no wonder the kid's confused. Or I watch a lot of games that are live streamed. And, you know, I don't know a whole lot about soccer. I have admitted that before. But I do know that if you're 30 yards away from the goal and people are yelling, shoot it, shoot it, shoot it. Um, as a high school soccer player, yeah, you can shoot it all day, but you're probably not going to make it. So I, not knowing anything about soccer, don't understand why these parents are yelling that. And so a lot of times coaches are thinking, I don't understand why they're yelling that. There are players that are thinking, I don't understand why they're they're yelling that. But then you're putting your kid in a weird situation because the kid knows that they, they can't shoot a soccer goal from 30 yards out, but they don't want their parent being mad at them, you know, on the hour-long car ride home. So they're kind of in this dilemma. Do I listen to my coach or do I listen to my parent? And no kid should be caught in the middle of that, let alone trying to make a split-second decision in the middle of what they consider a very important game. And then, you know, I hear these horror stories like, you know, a high school coach who continually, and I'm talking daily, receives an email from a parent who's unhappy from the amount of uh, court time or field time that his daughter's getting. You know, I had one of my coaching friends said, this guy literally emails me every day. And he has down to the second of how much time his daughter's played. That's crazy. 
every coach will tell you it's not the amount of time you play, it's the quality of the time you play. And you earn more time usually based on how you practice and what you do when you get in the game. It's not based on do you score. It's based on do you do what I as a coach want you to do. So sometimes parents when you're griping about playing time, um it's something as simple as not bothering the coach, but setting your kid down or being at the dinner table and saying, Hey, has your coach ever told you what they want you to do? And the kid may say, yeah, he wants me to box out. Well, think about that as a parent. If you're up in the stands and you're all the time yelling, shoot it, shoot it, shoot it. Why is the coach going to give your kid more playing time if what they want to do, want them to do is rebound, to box out and rebound? The coach isn't wanting them to shoot it. The coach is wanting them to box out and rebound. So it may be something as simple as a parent just asking a kid a question. What does your coach want you to do? Finding out that answer, and then the next game, when your kid gets in the game, instead of yelling, shoot it, shoot it, shoot it, yelling, get in position, get that rebound, get in position, get that rebound. Well, then you're on the same page as the coach. You never bothered that coach. Your kid doesn't have a dilemma. You're saying the same exact thing their coach is saying. And so there's no argument going on in this kid's head. Also, parents, you know, when these things come up, it's really difficult for a coach to kind of answer that. It's difficult for me to answer that. You know, I have parents say, hey, what do you think about this? Hey, what do you think about that? I have coaches say, I have this going on, you know, what can I do? Well, you know, if a middle middle school coach comes up and says, hey, how do I improve my team shooting? Well, well, I can say all kinds of things about that. I, you know, I can say, well, you need to make sure you're teaching your your players the connect the correct technique, and here's how you do that. You know, you you can use different effective shooting drills. Here here are some drills. Um, you can give them individual workouts or partner workouts for them to do on off days or before practice starts or after practice or at home or or whatever. Um, you can have them put in different amounts of time each week working on this, that, and the other. That's really simple to answer. But, you know, when coaches or parents come to me with, how do I handle this parent or how do I handle this coach? Well, there are so many different variables um, that, you, that, that I have to ask about, and almost every one of them is individual, because you're thinking, well, what specifically is the parent doing wrong? 
what it specifically is the coach doing wrong. Um, you know, does that parent have previous coaching experience, maybe in a different kind of system, and they're thinking this way or that way? Um, you know, what's the parent's attitude like? What's the coach's attitude like? Um, have you guys sat down and talked about it? Because I hear parents all the time, I'm going to the athletic director, I'm going to the board, I'm going to the principal. Well, you don't have to do that. I mean, have you even talked to the coach about it? Um, what level are we coaching at? And and what what should we be teaching at that area? That's, you know, what one, one of our podcasts before was about what should you be teaching at the middle school level should it be be technique you know at the midget league level it's definitely technique but at the middle school level we we start teaching technique but we also start teaching role modeling we start teaching character we start teaching how to act in sports and how to act and be on a team we start teaching winning and things like that so what level, you know, are we talking about? So this kind of um, is difficult to, to give any kind of advice on. But the best way that i found to reduce the amount of disputes that you as a coach have with any parents is to prove you know what you're doing. Let me say that again. The best way to make sure you don't have any kind of arguments or disputes with parents is to prove you know what you're doing. I had to do that at 19 years old as a first-time head coach. You know, I had excellent parents. I didn't have very many disputes. And if I did, I mean, they were minor. Because I had an open communication with those parents. And it all starts from the very first time you meet them. It all starts from the very first time you have your player, parent, meeting. Some people have that before tryouts. Uh, some people have that after tryouts. Me personally, I like having it after tryouts because instead of dealing with, you know, 50 kids and, and all of their parents before tryouts, I'm dealing, you know, with my set team of 15 kids and their parents or whatever. And, and I don't have to waste people's time that aren't on the team. But, but the thing is, you've got to understand as a coach that you're not going to have 100% success with parents. There are always going to be one or two parents that are going to find something to complain about. Even if they had Brad Stevens, who I think is the best NBA coach now. He, he is a young coach for the Boston Celtics. Um, I wish he would have stayed in college, but um, I think he's one of the best young coaches around. Even if he was coaching, you know, that parent's team, whether it's an under nine team, it's an AAU team, it's a middle school team, a high school team, whatever, if they had Brad Stevens coaching, they would still find something to write about. You're going to have those parents. And that's just, 
how it is, but it does start with how you kind of control yourself and set yourself up. I hate seeing coaches that go in to a meeting and are not ready. They're not prepared. So the best advice I can give you as a coach is be prepared. Be ready to talk in in this first parent player meeting about your rules, about your goals, about what you want to teach their kid on and off the floor. You want to talk about, you know, how you're going to run practice, how practice is usually going to be an hour and a half long, or it's usually going to be three hours long, or whatever, and how in some instances it may be less, and how some instances it may be more. Um, you want to talk about being early, that being on time is being late. Don't just talk about that with your players. Talk to your parents about it, because Little things turn parents, and 90% of the time, when parents go against coaches, it's because they don't know or they don't understand. And so it all comes back to communication and you talking through things. Do you need to say, hey, parents, I'm going to be running this out-of-bounds play when we're down by five points? No, no, don't go into that kind of detail that's, you know, that's craziness, and you know that, but the thing is, if parents understand this is how you are, this is what you've set up, and this is why they're more apt to be okay with you, and when they're okay with you, they support you, and when they support you, then the players get on board. So that's one of the things that I want to encourage parents. If your coaches are not uh, very up on communication because they're young, because they're shy, because um, maybe they don't know the way you want to communicate. There are a lot of uh, parents out there that like to communicate through text. Well, if you've got a coach that doesn't like to text, they're not going to communicate with you that way. Some coaches are uncomfortable talking to parents one-on-one. -on -one. They like to have their other coach there, or they like to do a group setting so all parents can hear all things. Because coaches have been burned. Coaches have bur been burned when little Johnny's daddy has come up, and you think you're just talking, and then little Johnny's daddy goes up in the bleachers and tells everybody his side of things, and then, you know, you've got Tommy's daddy who's now mad because they think Johnny's daddy got something that they didn't get. So there are a lot of coaches that say no one-on-one -on -one conferences unless they're set up 48 hours ahead of time. And they won't talk to you. There's a lot of coaches that have been burned talking, so they only want to communicate through email or they only want to communicate through text so that they have a record of it. So that's the things you need to learn about your coaches. Coaches, it it's not going to kill you to 
have to kind of prove that you know what you're doing to your kid's parents, your player's parents, because think about it. They're entrusting their kids to you. Sometimes it's only for two hours for practice, but think about game day. You know, they're dropping their kids off. Their kids are, are, you know, getting on a bus, riding an hour. They're getting dressed. They're getting prepared for a game. You're going in. You're talking to them. They're having a game. They're trusting you to make correct safety decisions and team decisions with their kid. Then you, their kid is going, getting undressed, getting ready, going back on that bus for an hour-long bus ride, and then going back to the school. Think about that. That's a lot of time you're spending with their kid. So parents have the right to want to get to know you and to make sure not only are you a good coach as far as wins and losses, but are you someone that is safe enough to take care of their kid? So that's the thing that can create what we call horror stories. It's from not understanding one another. And so it's really important for coaches to be prepared to be able to talk about themselves and about their system that they've chose to run, to talk about their rules, to talk about, you know, how they're going to practice, that they have a detailed practice plan, that they know what they're going to practice, um, to be able to talk about drills. You know, if a parent comes up to me after practice and says, hey, I've noticed that my daughter is having problems guarding in the post. Can you walk through how you teach that so that I can work on it with her this weekend? You should know enough as a coach to take them off on the sidelines for five minutes, teach them a little bit of basics that they can work on and spend time with their kid this weekend about post play. It's just something simple, especially if they're in the midget leagues or they're in middle school. Now, you're obviously probably not going to walk into your kid's college coach and do that. But but the thing is, is coaches, feel comfortable with yourself. Feel comfortable with how you practice, what systems you have chosen to run for this season or this particular game, and be able to talk about that. Parents, you don't need to know everything. You, like I said, don't need to know the Isle Bounds play that they're going to run when they're down five with two minutes left. It, it shouldn't matter. Trust your coaches to know what's going on. And, and the thing is, if you don't trust your coach, then you need to talk to your coach. And, and really be upfront with them on why you're not trusting doing what they're doing. Coaches, don't take it as an insult. They're coming to you asking for knowledge because they expect you to have it. And that is actually a compliment.
When a parent comes to talk to me about something and they're asking me questions, I don't take it as an insult that they're questioning whether I know something or not. I take it as a compliment that they think that I have the knowledge and can give them that knowledge. And coaches, I am so tired of all of you saying, well, if you think you know how to coach, then go take the coaching classes and I'll give you my whistle or I'll give you my clipboard or you can have my job. Well, guess what? One day, someone's going to take you up on that and you're going to lose your job and you need to stop And you need to think, is that really what I want? Do I want this parent to go take the classes? Do I want them to apply for the job? And do I want them to take my job? Because honestly, coaches, if the answer is yes, you don't need to be coaching anyway. Because you're coaching for the wrong reasons. If the answer is No, I don't want him to take my job. I love coaching. I love football. I love basketball. I love volleyball. I love baseball. I love track. Well, then quit saying it. Because you don't mean it. And it makes you look like you don't care. So quit saying it. Parents, you don't know what a lot of coaches go through. Quit sitting up in the stand saying, I can coach better than them. Because you know what? Maybe you can coach better than them for the hour and a half volleyball game or the four-hour track meet. But can you coach better than them every single day for practice? Can you coach better than them every night that they sit down and break down film? Can you coach better than them when you're driving to Arkansas to set in a coaching clinic from one of the best college coaches in the United States? Can you coach better than them when you're on the phone with five different high school coaches when you coach middle school getting their ideas and getting their Uh, systems. How about all the coaches that go up to WVU and get their playbook and get them, get their help breaking things down or they go down to Marshall and they set in on Coach D'Antoni's basketball practice and take notes after notes after notes after notes. So, yes, parents, you may be able to coach better than them in that iron and a half game, but can you do the 20 to 40 to, I know some coaches put in 50 or 60 extra hours a week coaching and traveling and supporting the program. So I'm going to leave it there, and I know this one went a little longer than what I was expecting, and I'm looking forward to hearing some of you guys' comments. Remember, you can reach us on any social media platform at uh, WV Overtime 
or you can tweet at us at OvertimeWV. You can email us at WVOvertime at gmail.com. You can get on Anchor, pull up this podcast, and leave me a voicemail message. Um, feel free to ask any questions. Ha- shoot me any problems, protests, or anything that you have. And I look forward to uh, hearing from you. And we'll be doing some more podcasts the rest of this week. You guys have a good one.